I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Today's Clark Rageous moment is something that you will hear. This is going to spread like wildfire. PayPal sending a deceased person a notice that being dead violated their terms of service. I'll fill you in. It's incredible. And later, there is a new data breach that may turn out to be gigantic. I'm going to tell you who needs to pay very close attention to their credit card statements. And if you ever use a debit card to buy things, your checking account could be at risk. And by the way, I want to tell you at ClarkDeals.com, we are all over letting you know what deals there are that are already appearing in Hype Week for Amazon Prime Day. There are bargains appearing from many, many retailers, and it's hard to tell what's a real deal and what's not. Our Clark Deals team is on the job right now, making sure that you know the real bargains from the fluff at ClarkDeals.com. So... There is a problem going on in more and more places around the United States and also overseas for people renting properties on Airbnb or for you as a a potential landlord having a property that you list on Airbnb or VRBO or whatever. Local governments are engaging in extreme crackdowns on properties for rent on these platforms. The latest to really strike hard, New York City, where renting out places or renting out just a room in New York, very popular through the rental platforms, especially Airbnb. And the hotel operators in communities where they have a lot of influence on government have been Uh, getting local governments to institute these crackdowns that shut down rentals or make it impossible for a homeowner to continue as part of the programs. And so one of the risks for you renting on the platforms, this is exactly what the hoteliers are trying to do, is create uncertainty in you and reduce the supply, is that you can find just before you're supposed to stay at a place that you may have booked months in advance that the rental that you were going to rent is no longer on the platforms and your rental of it will be canceled and then you're looking for a new place to stay. If you are somebody who's looking at this as a business opportunity for you, particularly in leisure destinations, resort areas, beaches, lakes, mountains, whatever. The risk to you is what's been going on in Hawaii, that homeowners associations, condo associations, ban short-term rentals in their communities. And if you buy a place with the economics supporting you buying it, being based on you renting it out on Airbnb, home away, VRBO, whatever, and suddenly you can't do those short-term rentals anymore, 
then your whole economic justification for buying a place gets blown apart. This came up very strongly last year where we had two different callers at different uh, islands, different parts of the world, who both found themselves in that situation where they were no longer allowed to rent out their properties. So I just want you to know that the uh, actual tremendous success of these platforms is what's led to these strong reactions and the attempts to shut down your ability to earn some cash or have it be the principal reason for why you have a place and you just got to know that that could happen to you steve is with us on the clark howard show hi steve hello clark how are you today great thank you steve how can i be of service to you Clark, uh, I was curious uh, as to the value of these extended warranties that are being sold on automobiles. Like we have a, you have a three-year, thirty-six thousand mile bumper-to-bumper warranty, and a dealership. Now, this is these are the plans that are sold through the actual dealers themselves, not a third party. Uh, to extend your warranty up to forty-eight months, another hundred thousand miles for an additional $2,500, and they say tell me that 80 to 90% of the people that buy vehicles are doing this today. They're taking those out because of the electronics and the complexity of repairs, the cost. It's a, it's a wise thing to do, and I just wonder what you thought of those. So I'm neutral on the car extended warranties, where I'm opposed to virtually every other extended warranty or service contract that exists. I'm neutral with the vehicles because of the cost of repairing major components of a vehicle. However, even if a car dealer is selling one, it doesn't mean they're selling the manufacturer's own extended warranty. I never want you to buy one from a dealer that is not from the manufacturer. Most car dealers only push what are referred to as third-party warranties because they have profit margins on them that are gigantic, where if they sell the actual real extension of a warranty from the manufacturer, they make just a little commission. When they sell the third-party ones, they may make a markup of 500% or more selling it. And what has been so unfortunate with these third-party programs is that the companies that sell the third-party warranties through the dealers, that they engage very heavily in what are known as bust-outs, where they will market them very heavily, take in a bunch of revenue, and then in a couple of years, they vanish in the night before they have to pay any claims. I see. So that's why the manufacturer's own are the only ones you should consider. Also... I'd like you, before you make the decision to spend $2,500, go spend, I don't know what it is, $3, $5, whatever it is, to access Consumer Reports' record of reliability on the make and model that you are buying or bought. If the record of reliability is really good, according to Consumer Reports' database, which is the most thorough on the reliability of automobiles that exists... If it's got a really great reliability record, 
don't spend yes. the thousands on the warranty the i'd say you're better off keeping that money in your pocket and if you get unlucky with a vehicle that doesn't match the odds that consumer reports has found you just got unlucky and i can get that online yes uh, you can okay. also go to the library if you don't want to pay at all okay 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 the, the, the latest they'd have published for that model this year well don't worry so much unless the model has gone through a complete model changeover what you want to see is you want to see how that model has performed over time and if continually it is much more reliable than average then you should ignore the pitch for the extension of the warranty on the other hand if the vehicle is much less reliable than the typical vehicle then you want to really think about buying that warranty and in the middle where it's kind of like well it's average reliability or whatever at that point it's really up to you if you want to buy it jamie is with us on the clark howard show hi jamie how you doing i'm doing great clark how are you doing wonderful thank you jamie you got a question about paying off your home i always like to hear that <laughs> yeah so we uh recently were had a rental house in one city and owned a house in another city and after we sold our house we owned and moved back into our rental we now have enough cash to pay off our rental home that we're moving into so i'm curious if it's worth it a couple of other facts is our interest rate on our home we're living in now is at three and a quarter so that's one of the reasons i'm hesitating to pay it off because it's such a low interest rate yeah three and a quarter is fantastic money and it's money people can't get anymore so the question on whether or not it makes sense to blow out the mortgage and have no debt is both a psychological one and a practical one. From the psychological standpoint, being completely debt-free, including mortgage debt-free, is fantastic. I mean, it's just the greatest knowing you own your home. It gives you more flexibility in your life and the rest. But as to whether it's the right choice depends on other things do you have any other debts no we don't excellent and do you do a great job saving for both retirement and for emergencies yeah so we have an emergency fund set up and then um, both my wife doesn't work so she has a Roth IRA that we max out every year and I max out my 401k so with you saving like that if you want to go mortgage debt free go mortgage debt free because the money you have sitting is earning less than the three and a quarter percent that you have on the mortgage so there's no real advantage to you having idle cash sitting earning less the only reason i could think of i'm just trying to come up with a reason that maybe you wouldn't want to pay it off the only other thing i can come up with is are you planning to stay and what was your rental home and is now your home you planning to stay there for years and years and years or is this a temporary landing place for you that you're going to buy another home within the next several years i'd say right now we plan on owning it um we definitely love the neighborhood and love the area but if things were to change we might move in i don't know five years possibly five years possibly <sighs> wow I would say go ahead and pay it off and be debt-free. Okay. 
Great. And congratulations to both of you for having your finances in a way that you can live a debt-free existence and also have saved so much money. Great. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the advice. Sure. A lot of people are really jealous hearing you say that. Today's Clark Rageous moment is one of those times when you're like, could corporate America get any more insensitive, any dumber than what I'm about to share with you in this Clark Rageous moment? Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. So this is a stunner from PayPal that was sent to a woman named Lindsay that says, important, you should read this notice carefully. You are in breach of condition 15.4C of your agreement with PayPal as we have received notice that you are deceased. This breach is not capable of remedy. Okay, Oh, my God. I mean, seriously? Seriously? I mean, if if I was an executive at PayPal, I can't even begin to tell you how horrified I would be that my company is this messed up that a letter would be sent like this to someone who's dead. And imagine for her widower, she died of cancer, looking at a picture of her with her cat. And when Lindsay died in May, she was only 37, died of an aggressive version of breast cancer. And then her husband gets to open this letter from PayPal. PayPal said that uh, they've apologized and, well, we apologize to, his last name's Dirtle, to Mr. Dirtle for the distress this letter has caused. We are urgently looking into this matter and are in direct contact with Mr. Dirtle to support him. Okay. Well, this is this is beyond inexcusable. And of course the PR people at PayPal are trying to figure out how to mitigate the PR disaster that this is. But this kind of thing is so common as corporations get larger and larger, rely more and more on automated systems, and they lose a basic amount of common sense and decency and so I don't know how you apologize away this the reality is that you need to look at your organization and see how in the world you could be running an organization that would generate a response like that to someone who's died you're in violation of our terms of service because you died really let me take a deep breath. And Joel, 
Let's see if we can do an Ask Clark here. Clark, let's do it. Brad wrote in. He said, I've heard you mention freezing your credit regularly on the show, but what effect does a credit freeze have on soft credit inquiries? And if soft credit inquiries are still blocked, should I still freeze my credit anyway? All right. So what a soft credit inquiry is, is one is an example where a credit card you already have checks your credit every month to make sure that you're not going to become a danger to them. Most soft credit inquiries are able to continue just like they would have before, even once you have a credit freeze in place. The new federal law clarifies in some areas where soft inquiries can be made even when you have a credit freeze in place, but there will obviously be some areas where that could still be an issue. i got to wait and see. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. There's a new report out that the minor breach at Ticketmaster may be a huge breach, according to NBC News, and that the breach may be as large as that massive one that hit Target a few years ago. So here's what I want you to know about this so that you are in a position to be as protective as you can. If you order tickets through Ticketmaster, there is a breach that occurred that hit multiple sites, not just Ticketmaster, and the breach apparently happened through third-party servicers. You know, many organizations use companies that handle some of the back behind-the-scenes technology, and many of the breaches that occur happen through these third parties. And that actually was part of what happened with Equifax before and appears to be, based on what uh, Ticketmaster is saying, may have been the case in this circumstance, but the effect on you is the same. And that is your information may, in fact, be exposed. And what you need to know is that if you used a debit card to buy tickets on Ticketmaster, the risk is that a criminal has direct access to empty your checking account. On the other hand, if you used a credit card, what would happen if a criminal tried to use your credit card is that they would be in a position just to use the card, charges are posted to your account, you just dispute them, and it's over. The greater risk is to anyone who does, in fact, use a debit card on Ticketmaster. The initial expectation was that this was a rather limited event, limited in the sense that it was from February to late June, but the newest information is that the breach may have been wider, lasted for longer. So we'll have to see how it all unfolds. The important thing for you to know is that if you buy things with a debit card, my recommendation, if that's the way you like to do things, is that you set up a separate account, maybe with one of the online banks where there's no fees, And for walking around money for things you might use a debit card for, 
that you use that account tied in with the debit card and your main account that you pay your rent or your mortgage or car payment or all your big bills, that it is separate so that the money you need to live on is not at risk because of the lack of protections that exist under the law with debit card transactions. Credit card issuers, your only thing you got to do is when that statement comes in, actually look through it. And when you see something that doesn't look right, you inquire, and then if necessary, dispute. Kathy Joe is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kathy Joe. How you doing? Good. So, Kathy Joe, your son has the idea for a new business you wanted to run by me. Yes, he wants to purchase a money machine. He would have to find a location for it and purchase it and fill it, and then he'd be able to keep the surcharge revenue. And how did he get pitched this business? Did he see this online or something? I really don't know how he found it out, but he must have inquired, and then he got an email about more details, and the machine would be 2500 to 2700 initially, and then you'd get a lifetime warranty on all parts, paper, and second line for $0.25 cents per transaction you would have to pay them. So your son's pretty excited about it, or he's just curious? No, he's excited about it, and he asked me about it, and I think it's a scam, and I thought I'd run it by you. That does not compute. It would be a horrendously terrible, awful thing for your son to get into this. That's what I thought. But not necessarily a full scam, but it is a ripoff, and here's why. ATMs are disappearing all over the country and around the world. And the reason is people use cash so much less than they used to. And the number of transactions occurring at machines going down, down, down. So this is a business that is well past its prime. And the pitch that people are now hearing about owning your own ATMs is exactly parallel with something that we were getting calls about 15 years ago. Do you remember there used to be something that was all over the place at every gas station, airport, freeway exit, any building you went to? It was something that is a museum piece now called a payphone. (laughs) Yes. Remember when they were just everywhere you went? Yep. Well, when pay phones went into steep decline because uh, people were getting cell phones so heavily at the beginning of this century, the pitch came from uh, the, the marketeers, I don't want to call them con artists, well, I guess I could, whatever, that this was going to be the greatest business for individuals to get into was owning your own pay phones. It was the same kind of stuff about how they were going to guarantee them and all this stuff and the only thing they guaranteed to people is that they lost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and we are right on the cusp of the same kind of decline with atms so you unless your son wants to guarantee losing money he should stay far away from this 
All right. Plus, where we live, um, there's ATMs that are free at, at Quick Trip gas stations. So, Quick Trip ATMs? I didn't know Quick Trip ATMs were free to use. Yes, they are. Wow. Okay. Well, see, this is what's so great about our show is we learn from each other. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank well, you. Well, have a great day. Keep your son out of money danger. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. And Steve is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Steve. Hi, Clark. Good afternoon. Great. I'm doing great, Steve. It's a wonderful afternoon. How can I serve you? So uh, my wife and I are considering a move to Florida within the next uh, 6 to 12 months. I'll put a time frame around it. Uh, and one of the things we're bouncing around and debating is um, do we want to buy and then move to Florida or do we want to rent first and then figure out where we want to live in Florida? Um, and I kind of believe that there might be some sort of real estate bubble or correction that's coming down the line. And I don't want to, seems like the prices might be inflated down in Florida these days. So any thoughts on moving between states and the right. best All right, so let's it? deal with this in two aspects. First, forgetting the where we are in a real estate cycle, it is definitely better if you are looking at uprooting, moving to a new state, basically testing it out to rent at first. Because okay. there's so much expense in buying and selling real estate that if you make a move and you're like, oops, why did we think we wanted to do this? We got a bail on this. Then you had the expenses going in, you turn right around and have the expenses going out. So uh, if you rent, it allows you, even if you say, yeah, we love it. We're so happy we moved to Florida, but there's no way we want to live in this neighborhood or this town or whatever it's really uh, two layers when you move to a new state. So I would absolutely positively rent. On the okay. second issue, and that is where we are in the housing cycle, Florida and Nevada went through such a brutal time, Arizona as well, which are all places that people move to as a lifestyle choice. And so when the bottom fell out of the real estate market following the banking scandals last decade, it was uh, such a hard, hard, brutal fall for Nevada, Arizona, and Florida. And so now there's been this strong recovery in all three states, and it's a boomerang effect that's really likely stronger than most anywhere else in the country, where values went from in the extreme sub-basement, I know there's no basements in Florida, but you know what I mean, extreme sub-basement <laughs> right. in value, and they've escalated so much. So real estate does go in waves, and no more so anywhere else other than in the, in the states that have such a, a leisure component to them that attracts people to move there. So right. I, we're not in a bubble. We're not okay. in a situation like we were a decade ago with all the fraudulent um, loans being done and the banks encouraging people to borrow money for homes they'd never occupy with 100% financing and all that, 
all that foolishness is not around this time. So a lot of the reasons real estate has gone up so much this time are true fundamentals in that there's a shortage of supply. So we're not going to see a repeat of what happened last decade. But values are pretty frothy right now at the same time. So uh, in your case, it really makes sense to rent. And then later figure out, does it make sense to buy or not? Okay. Uh, One other thing I'd add to you that's uh, true for anyone right now, there are a lot of metro areas in the country that even if you would prefer to own a home right now, it makes more sense to rent because of the effective cost per month of renting versus home ownership. Okay. So good luck with your decision and where you might end up in Florida. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dakota is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Dakota. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Great. So we're going to talk about either ors here. Is that right? That's true. What's the scoop? So my employer offers a retirement plan with a company that is matched, it's either 3 or 4%, I can't remember, match. And uh, we have the option to use a Roth 401k or a traditional. Uh, should I be putting all my contributions into the Roth, or is there a strategic way to use both? Yeah, that's a good question. The employer match automatically goes on the traditional side. Mm-hmm. So you end up doing both anyway. So there's okay. a, there's some questions I'll ask you that help determine whether you're best off doing the Roth 401k or the traditional. For anyone who's not aware what the distinction is, for you what it means if you did the Roth, the money that's in there is taxed before it goes in there, so all the money flows to you tax-free in retirement. With the traditional, it's pre-tax money, but everything in your account plus everything that that you earn in it is taxed at the tax rates at the time you'd spend the money in retirement. So how old are you? Um, 25. Oh, we're done. I don't even need to go to any of the other questions. You want to, without a doubt, do all your money in the Roth 401k. Okay. So if it all goes to the match of the traditional, so I should do up to the match in the traditional, then what I carry over no, no, be you, in the Roth? No, you, no. You do everything in the Roth the employer's okay. match still goes on the traditional side. Oh, okay, gotcha. So the, the reason for you at 25, it means that you have, over the next 40 years, you have tax-free growth that then is spent tax-free, and 
you also have the advantage that's a disadvantage right now that at 25, you're likely making a smaller paycheck than you will as your career advances. And so you're likely in a lower tax bracket today than you're going to be later in your career. So there's many upfront advantages to you at your age going Roth only. And the other thing is tax rates are unusually low right now, and we're running massive budget deficits. And so it means that the likelihood later is extremely high that we're going to see higher tax rates. So right now, it's so much to your advantage to do Roth rather than traditional. And I'm so glad at 25, you're getting started with this. It'll make a big difference over the long haul with your life. Angela's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Angela. Hi, Clark. How's it going, Angela? Everything is going great. So you have college kids you want to talk to me about. How can I help with them? Yes. Well, it has also to do more with uh, changing from our monster mega bank that uh, we always listen to your show. And so my husband and I are actually going to follow your advice. And I was doing a lot of research on your website about some of the online banks and also we're USAA uh, members and well, thank you for uh, thank you for your service to our country. Yes, well, thank you for yours. You give a lot of great advice. So uh, we have two kids in college, and uh, they live in different towns. So we're regularly transferring money to their uh, bank accounts each month for them to pay for their expenses. And because um, we have an account in one bank, they have an account with a different bank. It always seems to be a big hassle. That's one thing that we do. And also, my husband, with his job, he uh, flies for an airline, and so he's a lot of times at international destinations, and he doesn't like to use cars when he's traveling. There's such a high risk of fraud, so he tends to use cash. Okay, let me, of, let me get him to change that. And okay. what I would do is I would go all in with USAA Bank. Okay. He'd be able to use his ATM card overseas to get uh, foreign currency when he needs it, but I like it better if he uses a credit card overseas where there's no foreign currency transaction fees. He'll have a more efficient use of his money. And the fraud risk exists, but it's not ridiculously bad, and he's not at risk for the losses if a card is compromised when he's overseas. And for the kids, if you go all in with USAA Bank, they can have accounts that in just a second on the app, the USAA app, you can put money in their accounts as money's needed. Okay. Well, that would make it easy. But each of them has to have uh, their own individual account. With USAA, right. I think it's best for them as college students to have their own USAA accounts, get them established, yours linked to them. And as money's needed, you put that money in there. It's a great, great, easy way for you to do all your banking, and it should be flawless. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, well, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com. 
that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet, and they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.